Hey everyone, just popping in here to share some big news that the price of the Families Fly Free membership will be going back up on Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So as I had mentioned before, we reduced the price of Families Fly Free by hundreds of dollars at the beginning of 2024 to give everyone a chance to get in at this lower cost. But we are now having to bring that to an end, and we do officially have a date when the price will be going back up. And again, that is Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So if you've been thinking about joining Families Fly Free, now is the time to do it. If you want to change the way your family is traveling, if you want to travel more and do it affordably, and if you want to use miles and points and travel rewards without it being a second job, learn a simple system to always be able to do this without a wallet full of cards, please come join us in Families Fly Free and do it before the price goes back up. You can learn more and sign up today at familiesflyfree.com slash join. Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel, but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015. And I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Families Fly Free podcast. I hope you're having a great start to your week. I know we are right in the middle of spring break season, so I hope that you're enjoying some travels for spring break with your family. And if you did not go on spring break and wanted to because cost was prohibitive, flights are too expensive, please let us help you learn how to use travel rewards in a very simple way to always be able to fly your family free so you don't ever have to miss another spring break again. And I'm excited because we just booked a trip coming up in May to northern Italy and Lake Como, um, Lago di Como in Italiano, um, but and also Switzerland. So these are two locations that we have never been to. And so we're just going to do a couple's trip um, over and check out these two areas that have long been on our bucket list. So we have not been back to Europe since uh, prior to COVID. And um, so we're excited to get back over there um, and really start to explore more of Europe that's been on our list. So um, I know we are not the only ones who are headed to Europe this year. So many Families Fly Free members um, have Europe on their list for this year or next year. So um, I know this is a topic of interest and I'm because I know many of you are like us where you're just now returning to international travel after COVID. Um, so I'll be sharing lots of information from our trip, both on the podcast and over on Instagram. So be sure to follow me over there at Families Fly Free. And we also have a lot of great content inside the Families Fly Free membership about Europe. If you're looking for more help about what to see and do and what you need to know when you're traveling over there, of course, we teach you how to fly there for free. We booked both of our flights totally free 
from um, Indy to New York and then New York City to Milan. Uh, Southwest does not fly to Europe, in case you don't realize that. So we teach you the next easiest way to fly to Europe for free. And we also have a, just a ton of great webinars and videos and itineraries on what to see and do and major destinations like we have webinars on London, on Paris, on Rome, um, Dublin and all of Ireland. We have itineraries for many of these locations and also some really good videos with things you need to know before you hop across the pond, whether it's, um, you know, what cell phone plan you need to get to things that you might not expect that Europeans differently than we do as Americans to things that you need to bring with you. So, um, and also before we start on today's topic, which is all about passports, which also applies to Europe travel, um, I did want to invite you to ask me any question that you have about using travel rewards to fly for free or just travel in general, I'm going to be recording a podcast episode um, coming up toward the end of April where I'm going to answer these questions that you submit. So um, now would be a great time to send me any questions that you would like to have answered and you can send them to podcast at familiesflyfree.com and um, we will consider your question for that podcast and I will answer as many as I can without going on for hours and hours. So send your questions to podcast at familiesflyfree.com um, to have a chance of getting it answered um, in that podcast coming in a few weeks. All right. So today's topic is all about common U.S. passport mistakes. And I'm going to tell you about a humongous lesson learned by yours truly earlier this year when it came to passports. That's why I really wanted to record this one. I like to share my own mistakes with you because I make plenty of them too. Um, and I see a lot of mistakes among our members that um, are just common that we see over and over again. So I like to share all of these with you on the podcast so that hopefully you can avoid them um, unlike us, so we can save you that pain. So if you will be traveling internationally this year, and again, many of us are for the first time since COVID, you're going to need to have a passport. And if you haven't traveled internationally for multiple years here, that U.S. passport might be expired or it might be close to expiring. So let's just start off by doing yourself a favor favor and going and finding that passport right now. And I want you to look on everyone's passport and see for sure if it is expired or it isn't, or when it does expire. Even if you think you know the answer to this, go look at everyone's passport um, and make sure. Now, I thought I knew this, but before we go into my major mistake, because it's a long story, so we'll end with that one, I wanna talk about some of the other most common mistakes. So number one is that most countries will not admit you if your passport is due to expire anytime in the next six months. A lot of people don't realize this. This was one I did know, but, but I didn't know it forever. Um, I have just learned it over the years. So if your passport is anywhere near expiring, and I would say when you get to the mark of a year from expiration, go ahead and take care of renewing your passport because you don't want to be getting ready to leave for a trip or maybe a, 
an opportunity pops up that you want to take advantage of, um, you know, that's a quick turnaround only to realize that your passport is within that six months of expiration and you're not going to be allowed into that country. So as of this recording in early April 2023, you can't renew your passport online. The State Department, who handles passports um, in the U.S., did run a short test where they did allow you to renew your passport online, but they have closed it for now, but they say it will be returning once they um, make some adjustments based on that test run. So it's supposed to be coming later in 2023. So right now, you can only renew your passport by mail. That means you have to send in your expired passport um, with any required documents um, to, to get it updated and renewed. All right, so make sure you're aware of that, that six-month expiration requirement. And you can also check the State Department website. That's a good place to check if you're traveling internationally anyway, whether or not you need a passport, just to see um, any information about the country you'll be traveling to. So they'll tell you on there if they do have this requirement of a, a passport that hasn't expired or isn't expiring in the next six months. They'll tell you things about safety, um, things that you need to be looking out for, um, you know, the illnesses, vaccinations, all those kinds of things will be listed. So you don't want to get surprised by any of that, that suddenly you're not admitted for one reason or another. So make sure you check that out. Okay. The second one is, um, cause I know we have a lot of cruisers out there. So we've done some, uh, podcasts about cruising here of late. So some cruise lines may not require you to have a passport, um, to travel internationally. Um, and that is typically if that cruise is starts in the U.S. and ends in the U.S. and only goes to um, U.S., Canadian, Mexican, Caribbean, or the Bermuda or Bermuda, any of those destinations. So if it stays within those destinations, you may not have to have a passport. You may be able to go with a birth certificate and your identification. And in fact, one of our members, when I was going through this and I was sharing this live inside the Families Fly Free membership so that our members could um, in real time get a heads up on this and hopefully not make the same mistake, one of my members suggested um, looking into if kids, because um, I haven't told you what my mistake is. So uh, my mistake was um, that my son's passport had expired. So I'll leave it at that and I'll give you more details in a minute. But um, she said to check and see if he could just use his birth certificate because she remembered doing that with her son when they were on a cruise. I was like, oh, good tip. Maybe that would work. Um, but when I looked it up, that only works um, on certain cruise lines with these restrictions by sea. If you're traveling by air, you do have to have a passport. Um, and the other thing when I was reading about this, you know, um, cruising opportunity to just use a birth certificate and an ID, the cruise lines and the State Department really recommend, even if that's the case, they recommend you have a passport because you never know what's going to happen if they have to stop in a different port or because of an emergency, you have to fly back from a country that you weren't expecting and you need to be able to have that passport handy in order to get into a different country. So um, now when we took our one cruise uh, ever in Europe, um, 
for example, we docked in Gibraltar. Um, and so we didn't have to produce a passport to go into Gibraltar, but we went from Gibraltar into Spain on our excursion for the day. And we did have to show our passport to go from Gibraltar into Spain. Um, so it's just a good idea to have a passport if you can, um, but you might be able to get by if you find yourself in a situation like me um, with a birth certificate and or ID only, but you want to check very closely with your cruise line to see about what you really do and do not need. <clears throat> okay, number three is not getting a big enough passport book. Um, so a lot of people don't realize that if you travel internationally a lot um, and you're going to be getting a lot of stamps, and you can actually opt for a 52-page passport book instead of the 28-page passport book. But you're going to want to make a point of um, uh, filling that out on the application, checking that box, looking for that, making sure they know that's what you want um, so that you don't have to get a new passport before it's even expired. So just know that that is an option. And number four is some countries like the requirement that it can't expire within the next six months, require that your passport has two to four blank pages in it. So that means pages with no stamps on them. So that's a weird one too, that I didn't realize that you might not realize. So check your passport when you're seeing if it's expired or not and see how many blank pages you have. Some countries will deny you entry for this reason. And some airlines won't even let you on the plane if this is the case. So, um, this would be a reason to get that larger book. Um, otherwise, you may just need to renew your passport and get a brand new book. So be aware of that. Um, number five is when you go to your passport appointment, we'll talk more about that when I tell you my mistake, but you do have to pay the government fee um, via a check or a money order. So you're going to need to get out that checkbook that we none of us hardly ever use anymore. I try my darndest to never, ever have to write a check. Um, but you're going to have to write a check when you pay the government for your passport. So when you go to your appointment, don't show up with credit card only. Um, I suppose you could pay cash as well, but um, remember to bring your checkbook. Um, number six mistake is um, having a non-approved passport photo. So when you're making your appointment to get a new passport, um, brand new, or to um, if you need to renew it and go to an appointment, um, I recommend picking a place that will take the photo for you because you know that they'll have the correct setup and they'll tell you what you you know need to do if your facial expression is okay can't wear a hat all those kinds of things um, they'll make sure that you do it properly and so you make your appointment for your passport um, the state department has a link where you can do that and it'll pull up any place um, near you where you can that will do passport appointments. So, um, so I recommend doing that, and that um, is what we did in our last instance, um, and they took care of it right there, all in one place. If you can't, but not all of the passport locations take photos. So if you need one quickly and you can't find one that will take the photo, you can also go to Walgreens. And I'm sure they're not the only drugstore um, or superstore that takes passport photos. You can go to Walgreens. <clears throat> they will take it properly. 
And then you just bring the photos with you. And when we got our first, very first passports um, for my family, at least back in 2017, that's what we did. We went to Walgreens and had our pictures taken, and then we um, took it with us to our appointment. Um, another thing that you're going to want to be sure you do is sign the application in a red, blue, or black pen. Um, don't sign it in pencil. Don't sign it in a purple pen um, because they will not accept it. So you do want to be careful on your application that you filled out everything correctly, that you haven't made any misspellings or put something in the wrong box. Um, and this includes signing it with the correct pen. And if you get, again, if you go into an appointment, they're going to make sure that you um, have filled everything out correctly before they send something off. All right. Now, the last mistake that is the one that I made is this, that kids' passports, and that would be um, anyone younger than 16. So 16 and older, um, this is not the case. They are considered adults. But if you have a child's passport, those do not expire in the typical 10 years, which adults' passports last for 10 years but theirs expire in five years. And I did not realize this. So I have been a travel writer for years and years. I have worked in the travel industry just as long as that. And somehow I did not know this. So I'm betting I am not alone here. And I want to make sure that you know this. So um, of course, our son is currently 15, our younger son. And so he had to get a brand new passport. So if your child's passport has expired, um, you can't just send it in for renewal. You have to get a brand new one and bring all the documentations and go in person. So if he had been 16, he'll, he would have gotten one that would last for 10 years. But no, he's 15, so he's got another one that will expire in five years, which is a bummer. But we did get this all sorted. So I'm going to tell you all about it. So I booked our trip to Turks and Caicos. That was the last podcast my review of Turks and Caicos. Um, so I booked this trip that we went in February um, at the end of last year. Uh, but I knew, I knew we would need our passports. Obviously that's an international destination, but I knew we got ours in 2017 and that they didn't expire until 2027, which was wrong, right? I even looked at my own passport to when I was making this to make sure I wasn't crazy. And that's really when it did expire was in 2027, um, but I completely missed the fact that kids' passports don't work the same as adult passports. Had did not even cross my mind. And so, of course, I didn't bother to check anyone else's. I just thought looking at one was sufficient, um, but not the case. So it, it makes sense, of course, that kids' passports would expire in five years um, because they look totally different after five years. So my 15 year old was nine, I think when his last passport photo was taken and he does, he looks like a little kid. Now he looks like a big football player um, and he barely resembles that 2017 photo. So it does make logical sense, but if no one has pointed it out to you, you probably haven't thought of it. So I only noticed that his passport was expired in early January when I went to enter our passport information for our Turks and Caicos flight on Southwest, free of course. Um, I went to enter that information into our Southwest reservation, which you have to do ahead of time. So side note, I would recommend doing that as soon as you book the flight, instead of waiting until about a month ahead like I did. That way you will notice any issues as soon as possible, because that's when I had to enter his information and I had to enter the expiration date. I had to physically look at it and went, oh no, 
His is expired. Um, so that was about five weeks from our flight. So of course I went into panic mode. I thought, oh my gosh, I've ruined our whole trip here. We're not gonna, he's just not gonna be able to go. Um, and and we wouldn't go either if he couldn't come. So um, I started frantically looking at what options I had um, by doing some online research. So here's what I want to tell you that um, I learned. Uh, here's what I did and, and what you can do as well. So as I mentioned before, you can't send kids passports in for renewal like you can an expired adult passport. That's a much easier process. They need a brand new passport, and that means everything has to be verified in person, which makes this process so much more difficult. So the State Department does offer expedited passports for a $60 fee. So I'm happy to pay a $60 fee if they can get me my passport on time. I think that's totally reasonable. So. <clears throat> When I looked at um, these expedited, this expedited option through the State Department in January, it said it would take three to five weeks, um, I believe. It now says seven to nine weeks, so they're clearly getting further behind. So if you are anywhere near needing this, just do it right away. Um, and it really never hurts to get the expedited option anyway, even if you are further out from travel, because it's the government and there's a good chance they're going to run behind. Um, and just to expedite it and have it in hand, I think, is worth it. Now, you can... As an alternative to this expedited passport, if that's um, you know going to take too much time, <clears throat> you can also make an appointment directly with what they call a passport agency or a passport center. That these are run directly by the State Department, and this service is called urgent travel, not expedited, which is different. Um, and these are different places than you would go to, like we went to our post office, uh, to get an ordinary passport. These centers are in major cities only, and we had none of these centers in Indianapolis. So we would have had to drive to Chicago, which was our closest one, and pull my son out of school to get this done. Now, you cannot make a reservation at one of these agencies until you are within 14 days of your departure date. And at that point, there may or may not be any appointments available. And that's what happened to us. No appointments available. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. You will also need to show proof of your travel. So you could show them your flight that you have booked um, online, um, your cruise or whatever it is, um, some sort of proof that you'll be departing on that date. Now, when you attend these passport center appointments, they are supposed to get you your documents right then and there, but it does say it could take them a day or two. So you might get there, do have the appointment where they verify who you are and all that, and you might not get it until the next day. And, and if you're driving from out of town, like we would have had to do, you might have to stay a couple of nights to get your documents to take home. So um, when I asked them if we did this, if I could get it the same day because we would be driving out of town and taking a child out of school, they said no guarantee on that. You can ask, but they each do it differently. And we, we can't tell you for sure whether they can or they can't. So not super helpful. Now, so you've got expedited, you've got this urgent one, which is also through the State Department within 14 days of your date of travel. Lastly, if you Google, 
like Need Passport Fast or Expedited Passport, you will find numerous companies that promise expedited passports for a ginormous fee. You will see these companies recommended, pushed by AAA, by FedEx, and other companies as well. Now, the prices that they charge you, which are on top of the government fees, which um, by the time you pay all the government fees, or probably you're going to be at about $300 just for those, they start at $189 for what they say is a seven to nine week expedited service, which is already what the State Department offers you, $599 if you want it in two weeks, and $799 if you want it in one week. And all of that, and it's not guaranteed. So how is this different than going through the government? So we did not use one of these because I felt like this was extremely expensive and I could see very little difference from what I was already doing myself through the State Department. So it pretty much says all the same things, again, that you can do on your own with the government, except they checked that you have filled out the form correctly. And it appears that you can bypass driving to the passport agency as they ship you, they ship out your paperwork and then ship the passport back to you. Now, I'm not 100% on that because they don't really spell that out for you. So if you were thinking about using one of these, I would definitely call them or get on their online chat and verify that that is the case. Because if you still have to go to the passport agency yourself, they're really doing nothing for you, except you're paying another six to $800. So we decided to take our chances, bypass this really expensive option, I knew that we could cancel our vacation rental if we needed to. Um, we can always fly there for free later on Southwest. And if we canceled our vacation rental um, by about a week ahead, we would at least get half of our money back. Not ideal, but that would have been about equal to the cost of this expedited service company. So not worth it to me. And um, we can always, always cancel our Southwest flights because they're always booked in points. And we can get our points put right back in our account. They never expire. We have paying no penalty to do that. So the flights part of it is not an issue. A big reason why I love flying Southwest, complete peace of mind if something like this happens or anything happens that you need to cancel or change. But we would have been out on the vacation rental. And our travel insurance wouldn't have covered that because this really was our fault. It was not something out of our control. So should you use one of these expensive services? Again, I would get on the phone and ask very specifically what it is that they're doing differently for you and can they bypass that passport agency visit for you. I don't see how they can do that, though, because someone has to verify who you are in person um, unless they're able to do that locally or something as verify, you know, the State Department allows them to do that. If that's the case, there might be a benefit. Otherwise, it's all the same that you'd have to do on your own anyway. So back to our situation, I called the State Department uh, at this point and asked their advice of what would they recommend we do here. So they recommended I go ahead and apply for just the regular expedited passport, which again said three to five weeks, do that right away. And then if we did not have our passport in hand or if it wasn't on the way to us by 10 to 14 days ahead of our trip, 
to go ahead and make that appointment with the passport agency. Because again, you have to be within 14 days of your trip to even make that appointment. So our deadline to get half our money back on the vacation rental was about a week ahead. So the main problem I had was getting an appointment um, for the expedited passport, getting a, an appointment fast enough. So this is just through the regular like post office libraries type of places that, that do the regular passport appointments. So my tip here would be to check continually on the scheduling site through the State Department. Just keep checking because people cancel appointments and reschedule them all the time. So by doing this, I was able to get us an appointment about a week later, um, which was not ideal, immediately would have been ideal, but it was the best that I was able to do. And so I got that at our local post office. Another thing to be aware of if you're doing this for a child like I was, both parents have to be at the appointment or you have to have a document signed by the parent who is not there and it has to be notarized. That's the key. So it wouldn't be a big deal if you just had the other parent sign something, but you're going to have to take that parent and go to a bank or go to someone who's a notary and have them notarize it. So it ends up just being just as easy to just take them to the appointment for you, unless someone's out of town or something like that. Now, the um, post office employee made sure we filled out everything correctly. Um, so we didn't have to worry about did we mess anything up there? Um, he made sure we had all the proper paperwork that we needed. So for a child's, you'll need um, birth certificate, the expired passport if you have one, um, or some other kind of identification, and then the parent's identification. So if you have a real ID, that is sufficient. Um, if you don't, then you have to prove um, your residency, uh, where you live. For kids, they take your actual birth certificate and send it in. So you don't, it's not a copy. They don't just look at it, give it back to you. They actually take it. So I would just advise in general, having a couple of official copies of your child's birth certificate on hand. We have needed them to prove age for sports and for multiple purposes. And of course, right after we sent this in, we didn't realize we're gonna have to send in the actual one. He needed to go get his driver's permit. So thank goodness he was able to use his new passport, which came before, we still don't have his birth certificate back to us. Um, he was able to use his new passport in place of the birth certificate to get his driver's permit. So um, just a good idea to have a couple of birth certificates on hand for situations like this. And um, I had a whole other situation with my older son during COVID where his name was mistyped when he was born. Um, two letters were mis were, you know, uh, in the wrong spot. And I never, I got it fixed on his social security card, but I never got it fixed on his birth certificate. And so that took forever. And that was a case again, where we had to send the actual documents and not have them in hand for many, many months. So um, just always a good idea to have that. Now, so you've filled out everything, you've gone to the appointment, they've taken your picture, you've given them the documents. Um, they will let you pay to overnight it um, in both directions. That's another way you can kind of speed things up. So I highly recommend definitely doing that. Um, and he even said we were there on a Friday and he's like, well, it's not going to get there till Monday anyway. I was like, I don't care. Just overnight it. 
if it, if it helps in any way, it's worth it because it's not that expensive to overnight it. So anything you can do to speed up the process helps. So after you've submitted um, your paperwork and attended your appointment, you can then check the status of the passport online. So it took for us until the next business day. So I think that was Friday. By Monday, we were able to see a status that they had received the documents. And then we waited. So we got to about the 10-day mark, um, and the passport was still just showing us processing, no change. And so I decided to go ahead and call and try to make an appointment in Chicago because we were getting too close, and I wanted to see if maybe we'd just knock it out. No appointments available. So that did us absolutely no good. So I was like, okay, well, we're down to, it's probably not going to get here. I had made our deadline of that seven days ahead when I knew we could cancel vacation rental. We had to make our decision of we were going or we won't. Um, so definitely don't count on this, this passport agency as your backup because you might go through all of that and then they have no appointments. So that was the 10-day mark. At the nine-day mark, the status changed to complete on the website uh, for the State Department. And then the next day it changed to, it had been sent. So we were um, at, that was like on Sunday and we were leaving Saturday to go to Fort Lauderdale. But we did have a couple days, two nights in Fort Lauderdale before we headed to Turks and Caicos. So I thought, okay, surely overnighted, it'll be here by middle of the week before we leave. But if it's not, I if I had to, I could hang around a couple more days here, let my family go on to Fort Lauderdale and meet up with them before we had to go to Turks and Caicos on Monday. Um, worst case. So uh, it did, sure enough, show up to our house on Tuesday before we left, and that was 19 days from when we had the appointment at the post office, which really is pretty miraculous, um, considering this is a government process. So they do ask you on the application to list your departure date. So I like to think that they took a look at that and tried to get it to us on time. Now, again, this is the government, so the chances of that are unlikely, but I like to think that that's what happened. And maybe it was some kind person saw that date and made sure that it got processed in time. Now, my older son, who did not go with us on this trip, of course, also needs a new passport because he got his at the same time as my younger son. And he would have been 13, I think, when we, yeah, 13 when he got his. So um, as soon as he came home from college for spring break, um, and he's now 19, so he can get the 10-year-long one, I took him in, and so his, and we went ahead and paid for expedited for him, so we do not have his yet, but we're not desperate for it, um, so hopefully that one will be in, and then he will have it for 10 years, and then when it expires, it will be his problem as an adult and not mine, so, so those are the most common mistakes I see, that was the big mistake I made. Don't make that same mistake. Save yourself the pain and hassle. Go look at your passports, all of them right now. See when they expire. See if they have enough pages left and make plans to go ahead and get them renewed as soon as possible if you need to. So everyone, I hope you have a great international travels coming up. Don't forget to send me your questions at podcast at familiesflyfree.com to answer in a future episode. And I will see you next week. 
If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.